The final season of Power Book 2, Ghost, begins. And for Tariq St. Patrick, it's the moment of truth. In the wake of being betrayed, pushed out of the drug game, and almost killed, Tariq is out for revenge. Will he prove to be like his father and do whatever is to be done to protect his family in his future? Or is he his own man? Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now only on Stars and the Stars app. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears. Real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. What's going on, y'all? I'm my son. And I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And this is Street Politicians. The place place where where the the streets streets and politics meet. It's good to be back. Um, always, you know, always. since we have started our new journey, um, our podcast on the Black Effect Podcast Network, uh, our brother Charlemagne decided that he wanted to put together something. See the God, what's up, King? The blackity black, 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 blackity, black, blackity black spot. And, uh, you know, having this opportunity to talk to so many incredible people over these last few weeks has just been really good. It feels good to make sure that street politicians arrive. Arrives. We are arriving. We are we are gradually slowly growing into something I just think is is needed, you know. Mm-hmm. Cuz that's the reason why I got into activism. That's why I got in because I didn't see where it, it it meshed for me. I didn't see where I fit into it. I didn't see like somebody from my communities actually from the streets how did politics and activism and civil rights even fit for me, you know, so I think that's what we're trying to provide, you know, and as we move on, you know, hopefully we'll be in the Hall of Fame, you know? (laughs) Well, (laughs) if it has anything to do with our producer, who has been, you know, inducted into the Hall of Fame. Oh, oh. Yeah. I didn't know, know what you were no, going saying, with no, that one. No, I'm saying one. that because I was thinking about the Hall of Fame. That's what made me think when I talk about, what I thought about Charlemagne, I thought about them being inducted. In the Hall, in of, the Fame. Hall of Fame. That's right. Yeah. And our our good friends, uh, DJ Envy and, and Angela, Angela Yee. Yee. Yes. My Yee Yee. Yee Yee. <laughs> anyway, uh, but in order to get us to the Hall of Fame, you know there's some people that work, work really hard at making this happen and we have to Always give a shout out to our producer, executive uh, producer. That's right, the executive it's producer, executive producer. Yes, Kathleen Trigg uh, of Catscape Productions and yes. iWoman TV. And then, of course, always working, creative directing is our dear sister Janice Rodriguez. Her always. name is Janice. 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 
You keep it up, Janice. You're doing a good job. <laughs> she hates when I call her Janice. That's why. Yo, people are really out here putting it down, like really, really fighting so hard. I was thinking yeah. just, you know, not too long ago, the Million MAGA March happened in Washington, D.C. Oh, Some people say it wasn't a million. I don't care if it was two people out there. The point, the theory, the concept in general of this whole uh, Million MAGA March and what it represents is what's so dangerous. This is the 70, I think it's 73 million people uh, who voted for Donald Trump. This is right. that. This is that crowd. And, why, and the reason why I bring up that folks are putting it all on the line is because I think about a young, she, she and I are pretty old at this point, but, you know, we still like to say we're young. Um, but my sister from Black Lives Matter DC, Nene Tay. Now, y'all know, if you don't know, and you, you should do some research, Nene Tay is off the chain, right? This is off a, the chain. This is a black woman who does not play. At all. Period. She didn't Period. play. I mean, first of all, the way that we came into contact with her was because she challenged us as leaders within Women's March, uh, Carmen, Linda, and myself, to sit down at the table and make sure that when we go into D.C. with these major events, that we also think about the local organizers. You know, people go to D.C. to do marches and protests and other things because it is the state, the capital, the nation's capital. Uh, but... There's still a local community there. And when you, and, and I, and, and Nene helped me to see that when you go into Washington and you get these permits or not to do these mass demonstrations, they move the homeless community, mm. which are, these folks are being supported. They're not just like out on the street. There are people in grassroots organizations that do work. They have routes. They have conversations with these folks. They know where to find people who may have mental health challenges and whatnot. So it's not like when you move them, it's just a simple you know, movement. No, it's actually dislocation mm -hmm. uh, for the work. So you know, she was like, listen, our homeless community gets uh, impacted. Y'all leave the streets dirty. People don't clean up. And then our communities, our parks, and other things are not, um, you know, sanitized properly for our children. Also, resources are being taken. Th businesses are being closed. Yep. Um, people are not able to work on their jobs. So this, these are things I never even, it never came to my mind. But Nene Tay made sure that I know it. And in this last, in this ma uh, Million MAGA March, one of the most important things for, uh, for, for Black Lives Matter DC was to ensure that these people did not destroy Black Lives Matter Park, the plaza where mm -hmm. people, there are monuments or, or memorials there, yeah. you know, uh, pictures of, of people who've died, messages. It's like a, it's, it's really like a, it is a memorial. It is a memorial for the movement, for mm -hmm. Uh, black people who have lost their lives in many different ways. And they wanted to make sure that it was not damaged and that, you know, it was respected because why not? Right. That's right. And of course the opposite happened. People from the March, part of the delegation, if you will, went to the park and began to deface it, destroying the park. And of course, the police officers who were there, they kind of fake intervened, but you can see on the video, on Nini's videos very clearly, they didn't really do anything to try to stop and preserve this part. And 
when I see Nene says people that were with her got stabbed, there were mm-hmm. fights, and that to me is the idea, you know, of risking it all because this is a black woman who stands really, really strong in her square and they've been arrested a bunch of times we've been arrested people think it's cool like they think it's like a party yeah. when you go inside of i know when we were in kentucky i was like oh this is different yeah you know i think i think for me you know actually be being on the front lines and, and really doing this work i had to appreciate the danger and the risk that we actually put ourselves in every time. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, when we face to face with these police, when we were in Kentucky, you know, I remember the last, pretty much the last march that we had when the police came and started to surround us, you know, and they let off fire, I mean, flash, flash bombs. bombs and this people, the dumbest thing like, I've ever it, seen. And it was a peaceful march. It, it, it was a nonviolent march because right. we don't use the word peaceful because if we don't get no justice, then there's no peace. So it wasn't peaceful, but it was a nonviolent march. We were people were you know expressing their frustrations, the anger that Breonna Taylor hadn't got justice, and we were just marching, and they cut us off. In the way that they met us, you know, they met us with a level of energy and anger and aggression that any moment something could we couldn't have made it home. Yeah, something could have gone something wrong. Something could have gone wrong. Yeah. So when they well, met it us, it did because there did. were there was kids out there. No, there were kids who was crying who was screaming one little girl her ears were damaged by the flash bomb sound and it was for no reason there was no reason at all we hadn't done anything aggressive we just marched we were actually heading back we were on our way back to brianna square you know where they call breeway we were on our way back there marching down the block and they just cut us off on every block and sealed us in and and, you know and understanding those moments and other times that we've actually been face to face officers on the bridges when they they met us there you know and we understood that there could have been a level of danger and aggression and you know a physical interaction with officers that couldn't could have ended us either hurt right very deeply hurt right. or actually dying you know and then we go into prisons to where it's freezing you in there for hours you're hungry well i ain't been in no prison well i mean I've not prison jails jail. you know in the county yeah, in the absolutely. county facilities yeah i've been in prison there's so a difference prison is definitely yes different. you know but we've actually been in facilities that that you know our lives were in could have been in danger or you know we a lot of people were traumatized. There were a lot of people who actually went to prison that were traumatized by their experiences and didn't want to go back. So when you talk about putting yeah, it all there on, were people that came out crying. I mean, we had there was a real people emotional... inside the cells crying, yeah. like, really frustrated. You know, when you're in there 12, 13, 14, people call it bullpen therapy. You, you know, always talk about this bullpen therapy. What is that? Bullpen therapy is exactly what you experience. You know, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. when you sitting in that cell. And you start to get hungry, you start to get cold, you start to see the hours go, and you're like, okay, when am I going home? And nobody has no real answers. You start to get frustrated. You you know, everybody in there is frustrated. The, the tension is mounting. You're like, damn, I don't want to be in here. you experiencing claustrophobia. It's dirty. It's all type of things going through your mind. And it makes you say to yourself, I don't never want to be in this situation again. Mm. So what it does is it prohibits you from wanting to be on the front line of the movement again because you don't want to go through that 
you know, experience again. So it's bullpen therapy. It's like, okay, y'all want to do this? We're going to make sure that you're sitting there for 16 and 24 and 28 hours and be in the cold and have a, a, a you know, bologna sandwich or a ham sandwich that tastes like garbage yeah. and, and, and water that don't even taste like juice that tastes like you put toothpaste inside. Yeah, we had... no. So in New York City, I've never been fed. And I've been in for between four to six. I think the most was probably about seven hours for a day without a woman uh, when we were arrested outside of Trump Towers um, with the Women's March. And so I think that was about seven hours. I didn't have any food, period. Um, and so New York, I don't know how it works in different places. But I will say that in Kentucky... There was a black man who was in the kitchen, working in the kitchen, but he's also an officer, clearly. And he came and was like, you know, I need to make sure y'all get something. So he slapped some kind of turkey cheese something together that was at just disgusting. And I, I let me just tell it. I have to tell Portia and Yandy. I think both of them ate the whole. Oh yeah, ate the whole so sandwich. I just wanted y'all. No oh, I didn't even. And Linda Sarsour definitely ate the sandwich. The whole. And said she actually enjoyed it. Yeah. I did drink his little crystallite water thing. Tastes like toothpaste water. But it, I, it, listen, I was thirsty. I, I was, was. They said drink water if nothing else. And then you got to use the bathroom. So oh, there's Lord. no way you're in the cell. The bathroom. Yeah, we people, had to put up a like a, a little a, curtain. A curtain. But the crazy thing is that the gla- the window is right next to the toilet. So you could put up the uh, the sheet or whatever, Sadly. the blankets, which are like wool, literal wool, like yeah. not like nice wool that you wear, but I'm talking about wool from like the actual animal. Um, they put that up to try to block you, but the officers walking by can see right through the window, the glass, exactly. as you use the bathroom. I mean, the whole thing is it's not cool at all. And the crazy thing that happened to us is that while you're in the cell, you call, you know, whomever, we're calling outside here and there, and they're actually talking about, you got a felony. Like, what? Like, now people, as you said, everybody's getting frustrated. Exactly. The tensions are rising. It's a like lot Like a felony. I got my job, man. My job. You there were teachers, this. principals. I'm, yeah. And they lot. like, felony? That's not what they thought this was about. But Kentucky is very different. You know, and I think all of these places, unfortunately, that I've been arrested um, have been have been different and difficult in their own ways because the tombs in New York is no joke. It's and I've no been in the tombs. It's dangerous. It's very dangerous. That's the one thing. It, it's very dangerous, at least in other I've cities. had fights in the tombs. Yeah. You know, and, I've, I've gotten into numerous fights in the tombs. In Kentucky, they separate you where it's just you and whatever group. But in New York, I've been in the tombs with other women that are, think, have, are think, in there for I different reasons. I think they reasons. did that because of the situation, but... In most facilities, they don't really separate you. They didn't have to separate us. Well, I, put, just know I guess they put us in certain did. cells because they know we all came together and they, they separated certain people. For the most part, as you come into the system, they're supposed to just fill up these cells. And it could be very dangerous. And the last thing that, that I'll say on it is like, you know, I think people, they see us smiling and, 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 they, and, they, and they don't know that sometimes in those cells, you build camaraderie, right? Like yeah, you definitely. become closer. You sort of become family with the people who are in there with you. And you come out feeling victorious. Like, listen, you know, we did this. We, we believe in our struggle. We believe in our fight. But every single person who goes in there, there's a moment when you know you, your freedom has been taken yeah. from you and somebody else is in in charge. They're That's in control right. of what may or may not happen to you on that day. That's right. And I think the more that 
those of us who do it daily, you know, we put ourselves in more risk because there's no guarantee that they're going to let you go home today. Absolutely there's no guarantee not. that you're not going to have a felony charge. Absolutely there's no guarantee not. that you're going to make it out of the cells. You know, we've seen Sandra Bland pulled over for a traffic and never made it traffic out the cell. Light. You understand what I'm saying? So we understand that what we, we're doing, risking it all, but we understand how necessary it is in this time. You know, we understand that our voices, our platforms, you know, are very important to uplifting this moment to yeah. up letting people understand what's gotta going do on it. in this moment we have no choice but we to got do to it. do it and I, but i'll tell you this so in dc when i got arrested with the white ladies i was able to sit on the grass and be on my cell phone and all types of stuff but that's a conversation that's a whole for another, another conversation. day and it brings me to the thought of the day my thought of the day you know i'm i'm always thinking always. which is which might be a problematic, bad thing yes. right but for my thought of the day, I just want to ask the question, should we be relying on the activism of entertainers and athletes and other influencers as part of our movement? Because then you have people like Lil Wayne and little, I don't know these people's names, but these uh, pumps and, you know, and, and Donald Trump called him pimp, little pimp. On purpose, as far as I'm concerned. And I just heard today that he didn't even vote. So, (laughs) anyway. That doesn't even make sense. Because any sword that you pull has two sides. That's right. Right? So, you're going to have the side that we want, which is for people to stand with us. But then you're going to have the side of folks who are going to go against us and actually stand with the oppressor. So, is it better to just say, just let's, you know, just don't talk at all? To our entertainers, or are we saying we'll just take both and fight the battles as they go along, as they come along? I think I think for me, it's you know just being on the right side of truth, you know, because the, the facts are the facts, you know. So whatever position that you take, if it's contradictory to the facts, then the people are going to let you know it. You know, when we talk about Little Wayne and we talk about the situation with Little Pump and these people who advocated against what it is that we knew was right. You know, right is right all the time. When when Little Wayne talks about, you know, a, a platform and a platinum plan and really not having any knowledge of the legal system, understanding what the government does, understanding really what that platinum plan really states in opposition to what other documents people have put together that really give, you know, some type of transformative justice. Shout out allocate, to Black Futures you know, Lab and Alicia Black Gaza. Lab, Alicia Gaza and, and so many other, you know, when you don't, when you are not aware of those, you know those documents who have that have been created to give real equity to black people, mm. and and you don't and you don't have anything to compare it to, and you just make a statement, then you got to figure out, you got to ask, what is that based on? You know, we 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 heard, I hear certain things, I don't know that little Wayne had a gun charge, and he had, you know certain charges that he wanted to get dismissed so he does it for that you know when you look at little pump we're in a we're in an era of what they call clout chasing Mm -hmm. you know and trolling so trolling they want they just want any level of notoriety at any cost and they don't even care if they're compromising or jeopardizing people so we have to be able to call that out we 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 understand they have a platform and a voice but we also need those who are on the right side to combat that you know what i'm saying karen civil said that trolling 
is all about personal ego, right? It's all about mm-hmm. you doing things for yourself that's right. um, and not for the greater community. And I think that that's what we saw with this election, this, this past election. There was a lot of trolling. There was a lot of people trying to position themselves as being the savior for our communities without engaging some of the community. You know, even though I believe wholeheartedly that Ice Cube was trying to do and is going to continue to do uh, the right thing for our communities, really trying to find a way to um, to force these politicians to do something for us, to give us something for our votes. I believe in that. But I also, I read a tweet that he put out where he said, don't tell me like I didn't talk to people from the community or good, solid people to put this plan together. And he names a bunch of individuals, all of which I respect very much. Uh, these are people who are in the economic development space for the most part, and they are incredible, incredible strategists. Not one black woman was on the list. At least it wasn't in the tweet that he put out. And if he did talk to a black woman, he didn't feel that she was important enough for him to include in the names of those who he mentioned. So that tells me there is a big gap there. Because if you didn't see it, first of all, in this moment, if you don't have a black woman sitting at the center of the dialogue about communities, I'm not, I understand now, unless he says, well, I was going to try to work on black men. Okay. That's a different conversation. And there should be room for that. Just like uh, President Obama has the black male initiative, there should be room for and space for dialogue that is just about saving black men, just like we have spaces that are for black women. But if you say that you're representing the community and you don't have a black woman like Alicia Garza, like, you know, I mean, I could go on with and on. I won't even get myself in trouble you know, naming these individuals, if you don't have them in the conversation, then what are you doing? Yeah. I think what what it is, is, you know, it's, it's a level of entitlement. It's a level of ego that we as black men have a lot of times. Oh. You know? oh. But we have to say it. Oh my know? Lord. We have, we have a level of Get ego. Get the church fans. <laughs> no, nah, but I'm just there being honest. There was an admittance of men yeah, with we, ego. But that's, Ooh. that's a, you know what it is? <sighs> our ego is our, our biggest asset and our biggest, you know, liability at the same time because mm-hmm. our ego pushes us to our greatness. It makes us feel like we can't fail. It makes us tell ourselves that despite what America has done to us and how we are marginalized and criminalized and demoralized every day that we continue to drive on, but it also tells us that we don't need to deal with other people sometimes. We don't need to confer. We don't need to sit down in community and, and get opinions of other people. And that's that's a flaw that we have. And it also means that sometimes um, you don't see the value of, of women and black women at the table. Well, I don't know if we say we don't see the value. I just think, I said sometimes. I just think that patriarchy in itself and what we've dealt with in this, this country big. has has taught us that we have to make the decisions, the we cameras. have to be the leader, we have to be the strong one, we have to provide and protect. So sometimes we do that and we 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 just say we, we're gonna make sure that we got you. We we go in there with your intentions and heart. We say we know what you need, and, and sometimes we don't. But you nothing know, about man. us without, without us. us. So we know we... that. And I just want the cameras to zoom in on you using language, using words like patriarchy. Yeah, those are words. You have come a mighty long way Listen, man. on this Listen, journey. 
the life is about evolution. It's about growing. It's about listening. It's about paying attention. And as you grow and you learn and you hear things and you start to do self-assessment, you know, you have to do self-reflection and say, well, maybe, maybe that right there, I could have done better. Maybe that I can still do better. You know, and I think in this time when we talk about activism and people having voices, you know, I think as men, as black men, definitely, we just have to be more conscious of how we show up, especially in spaces that we don't normally show up in. You know what I'm saying? Even though we have notoriety, we have, you know, position, we have finances, we have all those things, but it, it, it takes time. It takes respect to confer with people who are actually doing the work. Like, you should have sat down. Like, we've had a bunch of calls when the, when the thing, when, situ, you know, the situation happened with George Floyd and with Breonna Taylor, there were calls from the NBA, from the NFL, where they want to sit down and have conversations with you and say, hey, what should we be doing right now? We, you know, we want to help. We, we have platforms, we have voices, we have finances. What is it that you need us to do? How do we uplift the work that you already doing? But and just th- to be clear, I ain't yeah. trying to cut you off. I never said anybody had to talk to me because no. you know that'll be the story that. But that, but the bottom, you know, there the are bottom, many women. Listen to me. I'm not saying there aren't many women, there. but I'm saying you are one of the many w- women who have been on the front lines, who have proven leadership, who have proven um, understanding, and have led in this movement for years. So if people are having conversations with, like you said, Alicia Garza, there's Angela Ride, there's um, Nina Turner. There's so Nina many different Turner. black women that you can sit down and have conversations with. If you didn't talk to Nina Turner, yeah, you didn't you, really talk then, to then nobody. You didn't really have a conversation. So, <laughs> yeah. And in order for us to get back to our natural positions in this world as the protector, as the provider, as kings, we have to do the work. We have to do the necessary work to listen to our queens because that's where the counterpart is. We have counterparts and together... We're going to take over everything. Yeah, well, I'm happy again to hear you speaking so eloquently about uh, about evolution, And it is about evolution. And I appreciate um, the fact that you even want to evolve and that you're being a voice because there's so many young men, young black men who are coming up that need those examples of what it looks like to protect black women. And guess what? What? Protecting a black woman is actually protecting a nation. Oh, and, and protecting a black woman is protecting a black man. That's like, right. I, you know, we had this conversation the other day, and what we were saying, like, we just both, we, the reality is America, the world has always tried to divide us because That's they right. know when we are That's connected right. and we are united, how strong we are. That's a fact. To get stronger together. Stronger together. Yeah. Before we go to the next segment and have our special guest join, We're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, 
and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more, connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and an Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T, connecting changes everything. Limited time offer requires 0% APR, 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. That's how we own it! So, who's your next guest? So, listen. I'm super excited about this My next guest, is when we talk about putting it all on the line, you know, this is a young brother who is an NBA basketball player who... Had a situation, mm-hmm. you know, th- that we seen on it. We seen the video. We seen the interaction with mm-hmm. him and the police, and he was tased, mm-hmm. you know. And just recently, he received the seven hundred fifty thousand dollar settlement, you know, with Milwaukee, and they realized that his rights were violated. So we have Sterling Demarco. Brown. Sterling, what's like, going on, King? Going on, man. Like, Peace, and everybody. Yeah, we need yeah, bells. Like we need bells. bells. We need bells. Yeah, we don't gotta do all that. We ain't gotta do all that. <laughs> How you feeling today, brother? I'm good, man. I feel great, man. Blessed to be alive, man. Move. Amen, man. Especially, you know, that brings us being alive, man. When we look at the situation that happened with you in 2018, and now we see that you reached the settlement of $750,000 with the Milwaukee, you know, police department after you were tased. Was that like an awakening for you when it happened to you? Like, I know, because we see it on the videos all the time, and we see it is in a faraway place, and we hear about it. But when you actually were a victim of this, did it really open your eyes to the injustices that we all we yeah. all deal with? I wouldn't say it opened my eyes. It was just more confirmation for me, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Because I'm from Chicago, man. I got, you know, homies and friends and family that's, you know, been out there um, and, you know, they target it every day, you know, and in the league, you know, it's guys that's, you know, going through similar situations, but it just doesn't go as, you know, public or as viral as mine. So it wasn't really, you know, an awakening. Like it was, it was just confirmation. I mean, I I didn't, I've been studying my history. I I know my history a little bit and uh, I know, you know, how everything operates in in the country and, you know, what, you know, the system, how they try to target us. So um, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, an awakening. Like I say, it was just confirmation for me. Like you're, you're, first of all, Sterling, it's good to see you. We've been kicking it a lot behind the scenes, talking about these cases that's popping up. I mean, uh, one of the, obviously 
uh, Breonna Taylor was an issue that brought us all together. You know, I remember being on a conference call with Breonna's mother, Tamika Palmer, um, and you and Chris Paul and many of the players um, who were trying to figure out how can we get involved, what more can we do. This has been a summer uh, or this the, the previous summer was one that really made us focus. If never before, if people weren't paying attention to police abuse and just um, white supremacy and all those things in the past, they certainly during this, this previous summer uh, began to see it crystal clear. Uh, and it, it brought us together. But the next incident that happened that really got us talking was it in Kenosha, um, in Wisconsin, where Jacob Blake was shot by those officers and has been paralyzed. And then immediately following that, Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, the white kid that I think traveled from Illinois, from your home state, went to Wisconsin and to Kenosha, shot two protesters, well, shot three and killed two of them. Um, and, and as you said, it's more like confirmation. We already know that we're actually at war. And it, for me, I'm proud to see that there are so many players led by individuals like yourself who are willing to risk it all and put everything on the line to say that we have to, our communities have to have justice. You know, and I, I know it, it's probably not the most comfortable spot to be in, but you're doing it. I, I got to. I feel like, you know, I have to just, you know, being a black man first, you know, um, mm -hmm. being, you know, I can, you know, be in a league or whatever I'm doing, you know, to get an income for my family. Like, that's cool. And I'm going to make sure my family good regardless. But at the end of the day, I still got to, you know, stand up for who I am and, you know, what I represent and the people that, you know, surround that's around me. I mean, I'm going to have kids one day. I got to make sure that it's a little smooth out here for them. You know, I got nephews. Um, I got cousins and everybody, you know, that that's out here, you know, walking the streets every day, you know, and they can, they can be the victim of any type of situation. So right. for me, I just, you know, got to do my part, whatever I can do, you know, I got to use my platform, use my voice, use whatever it is to, you know, try to make an impact and make some change. Um, but I mean, I ain't, I'm not letting, you know, a job title or a dollar amount, you know, stop me being a black man at the end of the day. Hey, Amen. You know, when I watched that video, what I, what I identify with so much of that, you know, as a black man, you know, we have to always try to lessen ourselves and capitulate. They want us to not be manly. They want us to be afraid. They want us to bow down. And watching that video, you know, I seen it. They addressed a man. You know, you 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 stood your ground. You were a man. You and and that somehow is threatening because you conduct yourself, especially as a black man, when you conduct yourself as a man, it somehow threatens them. You know, I so I we seen the video, but I just want to know. I want you to take us through that situation, so so we can get a a, a a a view of it from exactly how you felt at that moment and what was going yeah, on. Yeah, and people will say the video, but we need to call it exactly what it is. It's an incident with the police department um, where we believe police brutality happened to you and obviously the city of milwaukee Agreed. agrees because right. they now have to pay you even though i think the settlement is too low but that's a different day's conversation yeah yeah no we we get to that uh in a little bit but i um, mean as far as you know the, the that night you know i was in and out walgreens you know i i you know double parked in the handicap and everything but when i came out it should have just been a simple ticket you know and you know we both go our separate ways but um, when I approached the car, the officer kind of, you know, nudged me back a little bit. So I told him like, you know what I'm saying? Don't touch me. And he 
just off back, I guess, you know, felt like since he had a badge on, he can, you know, treat the situation or take control of the situation pretty much. And he, you know, say some, I own this. And right off back, I knew what it was. You touched me first. So That's right. I told you to back up because you're going to try and get in the car. I'll do what I want. All right. No, I don't. own this right here. You don't own me though. So what's your name? So after that, you know, he called us back up and everything. About five, six, seven squad cars come. Um, I mean, and I'm standing out there. I'm waiting on him to go back to his vehicle, write a ticket and everything. As all the squad cars come, the officers, they start getting out and they just start surrounding me. Like they just start standing by. You know, as we just standing that time going by, I got my hands in my pockets, a little cold outside. So one of the officers tell me to take my hands out of my pocket, you know, and Right, you know, after he tell me a second time, he grabs me, and then all of them started grabbing me. Take your hands out of your pockets now. Hold on. I got stuff in my hands. Taser, taser, taser. The officer that ended up tasing me, he had his gun drawn initially. So if I would have put one of them off of me, it would have been a wrap for me. I wouldn't be here talking to y'all today. Okay. So in the midst of that, I'm like, you know, going ahead, just, I gave in and, you know, I got to the ground. Um, they got me to the ground and they still tased me. And, you know, while they tased me, one of them got his knee in my neck, face to the ground, scars and all of that. And one of them got his ankle, uh, his foot stepping on my ankle the entire time I'm on the ground, handcuffed and all of that. And it was like, man, during that whole situation, it was just get to the house, man. Get to get get back home, get to your family. You know, you got more, you know, going on for you. Like, don't don't let it end right here. Why, why they try to justify what they did? It was crazy, you know, saying I was, you know, double parked. It looked like I was robbing a place. Like, if you robbing a store, like, your car is not going to be parked towards the, you know what I'm saying, the entrance. Like, you're going to park it away. Like, it, it's just little, little things that they was trying to, you know, uh, justify their case with. And, None of it added up, like none of it made that sense. That you was trying to rob the store. You know, it's unfortunate, but we live in a, a society where we just, you know, we are automatically criminalized for being black men, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And when you when you came out there and you, you have a presence, you you know, you're a stocky, tall individual, they just feel intimidated. And, it's, and we deal with this all the time, you know? And I say all the time, I'm not willing to lessen myself as being a man to make you feel comfortable, you know, and, and we shouldn't have to, we should be able to, if you, if you're giving me a ticket and you're an officer, you should understand that nobody wants to get a ticket. Yeah. That that should be part of your training. If you're giving me a ticket, I'm going to be a little frustrated. I'm like, when you give me a ticket, all right, cool. It's not going to be just cool. They have to be trained in a level of de-escalation and dealing, interacting with individuals who might not be happy about getting a ticket. Yeah. And that's part of life. Nobody's well, happy about getting written they understand that when they deal with other communities. Because exactly. we see white people go completely crazy when they're getting a ticket. They could be wrong as hell. And they go off. They, they throw the ticket in their face and right. all that. They spaz out. They take batons. They do all type of yeah. stuff. You know what I'm saying? They, they do. Let's talk not about... Not the degree of what we get. Absolutely. Not at all. But let's talk about the bubble uh, real quick. I don't know anything really about um, sports I'm trying to learn, but I do know there was a bubble. Um, and the reason why I know there was a bubble is because the, the pandemic created the situation. But while being in that bubble, you all were very, very much, as I said earlier, connected to what was happening in the community. Do you feel like the pandemic caused some of your colleagues to sit still and really see 
the world and like see how serious the trauma is that black people and black men particularly are dealing with. And and when I say colleagues, I'm not just talking about other players. I'm talking about coaches, you know, people in the back office, because it seemed like everybody was involved. Yeah, no, it it definitely, uh, you know, um, raised, you know, a a different alert level to a lot of guys in the league. Um, Like you said, coaches, um, referees, you know, front office uh, people like it it definitely because they ain't ain't had nothing to do at the beginning of the pandemic, but, you know, sit at home, work out every now and then and see what's, you know, the latest on the news and then George Floyd's situation, you know, Breonna Taylor's situation. Like it was a lot that was going on that they had no choice but to, you know, um, you know, look at and see, you know, and for everybody that did, you know, use their platform of voice to speak up and, you know, try to, um, you know, help, you know, families and you know try to reach out and you know try to do what they can you know I salute them and respect them because like you like we was talking about earlier that'll put a different you know stamp on somebody's image like if you you know trying to stand up and you going against some of your leagues you know um policies or some things that you know owners might not be for or you know it's just a lot that comes with it you know and a lot of guys not willing to you know, take that stand and, you know, use their voices. Um, some guys, you know, sit in the back and they, you know, quiet about it. But I salute, you know, a lot of the guys that were stepping up. And, um, you know, it, it's it's a lot that, you know, happened during that, you know, uh, pandemic bubble, you know, time timing for us. But a lot of guys still out here doing stuff. A lot of guys still out here fighting. You know, mm-hmm. I salute George, uh, um, George Hill on my team, you know, for what he's doing and what he's been you know, continuing to do in the community in Milwaukee, in San Antonio, in Indiana, you know, he got a lot going on, you know, he always out there looking out for the people, man, and uh, I talk to him a lot, you know, I try to pick his brain a lot, George likes to talk, so I'm there listening, man. (laughs) George is my guy, man. Yeah, George is definitely my guy, he supports me all the time, and he's always been that way, very vocal about what's going on, man, but we just want to really salute you, because, you know, you're young, you, you know, you fresh into the to the league and you could have, it could have got worse for you. You know, you being, standing up and speaking out, you know, speaking against a lot of, you know, like you said, a lot of these coaches and a lot of these owners, they don't want, they don't want this type of problem. They don't want you to be vocal. There's a lot of players who have bigger platforms than you that have more things happen that don't want to be vocal, that don't, speak out, you know, so we want to just say, continue to do the work. We got your back. We got your back, man. And, you know, Hopefully we get back to the league and we can be back in them stands, man. Come to, I need a couple tickets, man. You know, oh my I got God. You know what I'm saying? I need a couple tickets. I'm a, look, I'm a, I, I don't have no shame. This is a shame. I love basketball, this so I'm gonna give me a couple tickets, my no, man. You heard him. You heard yes, nah, but that's not the point. The point is that the man comes on your tickets. show, grace you with his time, that's and right. you're going to add, put in a shameless plug to try some to get tickets, some man. basketball tickets. Some tickets, beloved. That's the least I can do, man. That's y'all the least. Here, look, come on, don't be hating because you're making it happen. Y'all out here doing what y'all got to do for us, man, for the people. Day in and day out, y'all on the ground actually doing it. So them tickets, that's the least I can do. We got to get you out there too, Tamika, but, you know, we... Y'all got to teach me about how it works first. Of man, all. she, she, <laughs> see, listen, this is what I'm gonna say. This is all cap right here. Wow. Yeah. She used to be front row 
at the Knicks games. On my cell phone. You know what I'm saying? She was at, she had front row tickets at the Knicks game, season tickets. So don't let her let act like she don't know why. nothing about what's First going on. You was at the back row. of her. You was, you was where it all Yeah. yeah. She was right there. It was the fourth row. Yeah. And by oh, the my way, fault. the fault. only time I used to pay attention was when Carmelo, you know, when he was in the basket. That was my moment. But I was really there for the fashion. I was there to see Lala and others line up with the fashion. That's That was my thing. Basketball and to see bring Spike. it all. We bring it yeah, all. It's, 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 yeah. A, it's, it's a plethora of things with basketball. I'm telling you, yeah. she comes with fashion. I come for the game, you know, everybody yeah. come to see their favorite player. So, you know, listen, yeah, let's we just get need some them tickets, tickets man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Sterling. Sterling, we appreciate you, man. To call my man George here. We need to bring George on the show, too. Yeah. You know, George got a lot of insight. You know, hit him up, tell him to hit me up, man. We're going to set that up. But once again, man, we salute you, man, for taking that stand yes. and not being afraid yeah. in this moment. You know, we know that a lot of people do things for trends. We know that it's trend to be Black Lives Cloud Matter. Chasing. Cloud chasing. Cloud chasing. You know, it's going to be people that do it. But, you know, we can tell that you really do it from the heart. And we can tell that from your upbringing, where you come from, and identifying with the struggles that we deal with every day, that it's authentic for you, man. So once yeah. again, I want to salute you. And, you know, wish you luck on the next season. Hopefully we get back in them tickets. I'll be right there with you, baby. What's up, guys? I appreciate y'all, man. Salute. Keep, keep Salute to you, going, King. We, we tuned in. Yes, Thank sir. you. Thanks, Sterling. Right. Take care. All right. Peace. All right. Shout out to my boy, Sterling. Yes. Yeah, he got some tickets. Don't, don't listen. Listen. Don't believe. hate on my tickets, man. Dope dude. Good energy, man. And he got some tickets for us, man. So, nah, uh, he is. He's 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 dope. I see his light. It's there. You can yeah. see it shining. You know, he's super cool, uh, but he's very very determined. And it, it really kind of like broke my heart a little bit when the two of you were talking to one another and you said, you know, as a black man, they want us to lessen ourselves. Like we have to sort of capitulate, bow down, whatever it is. To these folks who think that they're master, you know, he yeah. says somebody this this officer is telling him something about ownership, like I own you, I own this moment, yeah, and this. and and it just kind of broke my heart that this is what black men are dealing with every single day uh, across this country, and you know, and 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 to see Sterling saying he had to make decisions in the moment, in the like. Moment. Am I going to defend myself, stand up for myself, rightfully so, because all I did was park. I know it was wrong. I'm not, you know, he didn't say, well, you know, I, I should have been allowed to park there. He said, I'm supposed to get a ticket because that's what you do. You that's give people a ticket who park Facts. in the um, handicap lane. Exactly. I, and, it, and, and for him to get to the point where he's on the ground, somebody stepping on his ankle and his neck, punching him. It's just way too much. It's it's what we deal with all the time, man. Like so, shout out to him, man. Yeah. Fortunately, he was able to leave with his life, yeah. not yeah. really injured, yeah. and get paid for their wrongdoing. Yeah. So, well, shout out to him. Well, you said that you know it was a taser, and not a gun, and you know he even talked about that, and that really resonated with me that it could have been a, a gun. He said it started out a gun, it, he, right? He, he immediately first that. drew his gun, wow, and then he drew the taser. So, so. you know, it could Sterling have been Brown. Before we go to the next segment and have our special guest join, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. 
Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that could become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. That's how we own it! So listen, now we'll be who we have is somebody who's family to us. Yes, that's Like, really family to us. She is one of the most intelligent. You know, she has energy that fills a room. You know, she has a spirit that she has an old soul, but she has young energy. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. and, and we love her dearly. She is... A prolific leader. Prolific leader. She is prolific in every sense of the word. You know, she is graceful and peaceful. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She is the Grace past... and peace, brothers present. and sisters. NAAC... No, pres- she is the immediate... Immediate. Past okay, president. let me let me get that set. Yeah, see, the, these are the bougie things. These are the bougie have things. I don't really know. I just know that you, my yeah. sister was the president of the NAACP <laughs> in Minneapolis, <laughs> that and worked. she was and she was doing the damn thing out there. You know, we met her when we went down there to do um George Floyd, and she became family ever since. She is my sister, and we love her. This is Miss. Leslie Redmond. Miss Leslie. Grace and peace, family. How are you? <laughs> Grace Look at and her. Peace. You see, that smile is worth a million dollars, man. Is. She has a million dollar smile, and it's always like that. So it's not just for the cameras. And it, you know what? And you said, my that. Well, first of all, you said that we went down there, went to Minneapolis to do George Floyd. We didn't go to do. I mean, George we went Floyd. down there we for George work. Floyd. Exactly, to, on behalf of George behalf. Floyd. And we met, and so everybody knows how recent George Floyd um, was murdered. Yes. And we met this young sister, Leslie Redman, who's now, like, she's a mentee to me, 
maybe I'm being mentored by her some days. Just depends on what the situation is. We met her then, and she literally has become family. We don't move without calling Leslie Redmond right. and getting her involved in everything that we do. For some reason, I guess she thought that she needed to work in Minneapolis during the election because she didn't come with us on our nine-day tour. Yeah. And she was she missing. Did. Grace and Peace was Grace missing. Grace and Peace was missing. You was but the peace that was missing. It paid off in this election because Minnesota was super close four years ago, and it wasn't close at all this year. Yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. So that's that's right. That's something to congratulate. And we know how hard you work on the ground. You are the immediate past. We're gonna give her immediate past present. Her bougie bougie title. title. The bougie people out there. I was also the youngest president in the history of the chapter at 25 years old. I'm 28 now. 25 years old. So for three years, you were president of the, the chapter, the NAACP. They love you. I know President Derek Johnson loves you. I've been on calls when he's when he, you know, shows his confidence in you. And we also see your grind. You know, I, I what I think is so great about you, Leslie, outside of your organizing skills and the work that you I've seen you do for uh, George Floyd. And, and, and you'll talk about some of the other cases. But it's also the fact that you didn't just say, OK, I did the I ran for president. I'm done. You have another campaign that you were actually running simultaneously with your work for NAACP called Don't Complain, Activate. I love it. Love it. Tell us a little bit about what that is. Thank you, sis. And, you know, God really gave me Don't Complain, Activate. I took my first international trip in 2016 to India. And actually, Timika, when you all were doing the Women's March uh, protesting, I was actually flying back in town during the inauguration. And so I created Don't Complain, Activate during President's Day. And the idea was that everyone is an activator, right? Whether you're a mom or a dad, whether you're a teacher, whether you're an entrepreneur, we are all activating the community in some way, right? You don't have to be President Barack Obama or Beyonce in order to activate their community, right? People get discouraged sometimes when there's negativity going on, but I recognize that we have the power, right? I recognize that all things are working for our good. And so don't complain activators about shining light on the community and activators in the community. And so it's grown into a brand. We now have a clothing line that's launching at the end of this month. I'm super excited about it. People saw me wearing the gear on CNN and on a whole bunch of different platforms when I was protesting for Brother George Floyd and people wanted it. And so I'm giving the people what they want. And I got a word to President Trump. Uh, And I wanna make sure y'all get this word to him. I think that it's crazy that we're in the middle of a global pandemic, COVID-19, and you haven't sent a mass or any resources to the black people in Minnesota. But you were quick to send your troops to kill us. We already been saying it's open season all over the nation. You just opened it up even more. You need people to help you because you're trying to do something specific that I was getting ready to give you some money the other night about, but I didn't give it yet because I need to understand what I'm doing. Amen. Yeah. So let me break it down for you. Again, if you know me, you know, I'm all about the community. I'm all about black liberation. I'm all about all of us. Right. And so before I really launched it to the public, one of my goals was to give 220 black activators in Minnesota and 40 allies and not just white allies, but Latina allies, native allies, Hmong allies, right. With activator boxes. 
a lot of people see me on the front line and they, you know, will get caught up in this, this is the leader or they are the leader. But I believe that we are all leaders. I believe mm. that we are all activators. And I quickly made a list of 220 people. There are over thousands of people in Minnesota activating the community. But I just want to show them that I see you, that I appreciate you, that we made it through 2020, right? You all, we made it through a global pandemic. We made it through a global uprising, right? That is something to celebrate. Mm. And what even with don't complain activate and so i'm going to be gifting these activator boxes out our goal is to make fifteen thousand dollars we're not quite there yet God, how much have you raised so far we're almost at the four thousand dollar mark oh we gotta we, well, we gotta, gotta we gotta, gotta plug that, that up. we gotta plug that yeah you know i gotta make my donation amen i would greatly appreciate it well we we, we just want to say you know the work that you do does not go unsung it does not go unnoticed you know, the value that you brought to our organization, you know, the, the thought processes and the ideas that you've yeah. sat at the table as we organize for Breonna Taylor in Kentucky. You know, we, we definitely appreciate you and we were not going to complain. We're going to keep on activating. Yeah, Leslie, Grace and peace. Grace and peace to you. Before you go, and that was such a good closing, so it's, it, I really should just say grace and peace and we love you sister <laughs> but there is another gentleman that you guys have been fighting for and i just want to make sure that we say his name uh because everyone was talking about george floyd but you continue to remind me yes thank you so much for saying that sis. jamarcus clark jamar clark jamar, jamar clark. clark right and you know it's funny that you mentioned that because two days ago was his five year anniversary when he was murdered right mm -hmm. and we actually just sponsored some shirts to get made for, for his sister and to celebrate and that was really my introduction to advocacy in Minnesota and I believe that's why God planted me in Minnesota to receive my law degree and my MBA because we needed to activate and that is why I have so much appreciation for Until Freedom Tamika D. Mallory, my son, Linda, Angelo, you all have really blessed my life in ways that you don't even know. You encourage so many of us to keep going. You remind us that it's bigger than us for you all to leave your homes and to go out and to actually activate Louisville. It matters, right? For me to stay in Minnesota when I can go back home to D.C., that matters. We are one yeah. family. We are one community. And I just really appreciate you all. And thank you for giving me this platform. Thank you. We love you, Leslie. Take care. We'll see you soon. Don't complain. And that's on period. Activate. Grace on peace. period. Period. <laughs> period. <laughs> yes, that is our sister, Leslie Redman. Man. Yeah, man. man Leslie. If you, if, I hope y'all you don't, you haven't missed it, but if you see that energy, that's what she brings into every room. She comes with a, a peaceful word and she comes with this joyful energy that is enlightening inspiring to everybody she comes in contact with. Yes, yeah, so Leslie's a definitely, heart. She's a strategist. She is, and she is smart as hell. Yeah, she is. You man. understand what I'm saying? Like, you see her, and she's smiling, and then she sits down there, and she says, listen, this is what we need to do. Yeah. And you know, and she's on the front line. Yeah, so she's definitely really, she knows a lot about policy and legislation. She works alongside um, our co-founder at Until Freedom, Angelo Pinto, attorney Angelo Pinto. There's some smart young attorneys out here, and they're in the legacy of many attorneys who have come before um, who have really helped to shape policy and public opinion uh, for decades. And so I love having them around. They make me smarter. And that brings me to what I don't get. And what I don't get is why 
don't people who have bigger platforms and bigger voices and more resources and everything than we have see the need to risk to take that risk to mm. make it better for everybody else like why don't they see that this is the moment like why are people still scared in this moment to stand up and talk about real issues to say you know what we not going back to business as usual. The whole world wants to scream Black Lives Matter. I'm a black man. I'm a black woman. I'm someone of power. I'm, I have stature. I have all the things I need. And now I want to utilize that to make sure that the people who don't are at least lifted up, who have a have an opportunity to do better, who are treated with equity, who are treated with levels of justice and respect. Like, why don't people see that need? Why don't people feel that in their soul that right now that they need to be able to risk everything? Like, you know, you know, and, and, I, and even though we talk about the basketball, like, I was, I was hurt, you know, because I was, when, when the NBA said, you know, we're not playing based on what happened to Jacob Blake, mm -hmm. you know, and they said, we're not playing. And, and then they went back a day later. It was you like know, two days. Well, too, but it was like you had the opportunity to say, you know what, we're not playing until some charges are brought. We're not going to be the cash cow for a city, for a state that is going to allow a black man to just be shot in the back and a police officer to have no, you know, accountability for that. We 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 refuse to bring money to this town as long as those things are happening. They had the opportunity, and it's like, why? Did they not say, you know what, we have to sacrifice right now? Yeah, we have to sacrifice to something because we we know that we we have that power. Yeah, I think you're using all the terms that makes it so hard: risk, sacrifice. Not everyone is ready for that. And you know, Sterling was saying something that resonated with me. He's like, "I'm gonna take care of my family regardless." That's a part of the decision making factor. For many individuals in general, I'm not just talking about in the NBA because, you know, I was one of the people that was like, this is pitiful. Like we right there. And I think that if LeBron and Carmelo and others who, like you said, have the major platforms and they are uh, the they are the stars. But it's not just the stars. They're the leaders. Right. I yeah. think if they had said, you know what, we're we can't play a game in the midst of all of this that's also happening where it's not a game at all and for our communities. You know what's sad part? I don't mean to cut you up, but No, it's okay. I didn't really I cut even, you up all after the time. that, yeah, you do. But I didn't even feel the need to even engage in the NBA. And I'm one of the biggest NBA fans. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I'm talking about next season maybe, but at the, I was so disheartened that damn we couldn't yeah, even, I, we, we couldn't even give up a bubble season to, but, but to this, make sure but that the, the thing right about team. it is there's a lot of forces that's in there pulling and unfortunately we have to call a spade a spade and say that a part of the 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 pulling that was happening was that president obama also was out there saying hey let's use this platform which i get he his opinion was use your platform to get to help with the election process because we know how serious this election was um, you you know, going to be. But we could have done all of that. It could have been a part of the demand. Mm -hmm. President Obama and people got real mad at me for speaking on it because I said this is pitiful. And I also wrote in, in parentheses um, that I was specifically speaking to President Obama. He knows good and damn well that just because we vote in the election 
the issue that made the players not want to play is not going to be solved. That's, right. That's not going to happen. Nope. Now, do we have to do more inside the system, outside the system? Absolutely. But great sacrifice is going to have to be made. It's going to come around at some point that people are going to have to be willing to risk it all in order to get what it is that we want. And guess, which is which is justice, right? That's mm -hmm. one part of it. It's, it's justice, but it's also uh, equity in our communities and it's also accountability. I think that's really the bottom line is like, bottom you're line. never going to stop. You're never going to rid the world of racism. You're never going to be able to completely uh, dismantle white supremacy. But what you can do is have accountability measures for people who hurt us, for people who hurt our communities. And my issue with President Obama in that moment is that you know that these guys were so close to doing something that would have been so historic and life-changing yeah. that I believe that I don't know if he should have encouraged them because he shouldn't because, you know, that's not his role. But, but I probably would have said, don't ask me because yeah. I can't, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to advise you on this. I think you should go with your heart. No, but I don't agree with that. I believe he should have said. He's not going to do it. He should have said. He's part of the establishment. But, but yeah, but that, and that. that's what my issue is. He's like, a president. He understands. Yeah, but what do you, you understand? No, you have to understand that whatever we got in this country is because we fought for it, because we sacrificed for it. We didn't get anything by saying, okay, let me just go along with the system. You know, even when, if, if you didn't have a strategy, like even in this election, the strategy for me was like, we got to get Trump out and then we got to pick somebody else that we can fight, that we got a better chance of winning. We can't allow him to get a level of power that to where it's dictatorship, you know? And so that was a strategy. And we still fighting whoever's in the White House because the system that they are brought into does not fit us. And we understand that we need something different. So there's a strategy with that. But when we start telling people that are in the midst of protesting, who are in the midst of going against the city, you know, who have them right there like, dang, we, we need these funds that they bring in. Right. We need these athletes. Right. Yo, we need to make some changes. It, 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 we're going to make some calls because, you know, those we get it, but these officers have to be held accountable because this is taking away millions and billions of dollars. Yes. from it's bigger our, than just It's bigger than just these officers. Right. So, you know, when we, when we understand that that's a power that we have, then we're going to make substantial change. And, and, and Obama has to understand that. He knows that. He... He said it all the time about even in his election that we were supposed to do a lot more to help to push to him. push him to you know to push the the Senate to do certain things that was needed to be done. So him making that decision, I understand where it comes from. You know, just trying to be politically correct, but it wasn't the right decision at that time. I I agree. I agree. I, so, I there's not much more to be. Yeah, said. it's not much more to be said. So once again. We've had a, another great episode. Another great episode you know, of Street Politicians. You know, the place where the streets and politics meet. And once again, <laughs> we don't always agree. We're we getting a little better, though, It's right? getting better. It's getting better. Cat you know, Trick is trying to make us she's from the production corner try not to argue about everything. Not everything. You know, but we still going to have our disagreements. But I'm not always right. And you're not always wrong. Even though okay. I'm more right than than you are. See, this but is where the problem comes in every single time. I'm not always right. She's not always wrong. But we are always going to be authentic. Peace. So. That's how we own it.
This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that could become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. 